Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, it's, oh, uh, it's really warm here today. We're, we're definitely uh, pushing, the, pushing the, the thermometer. Is that what they say? I don't know. Yeah. But it's definitely really hot. It's uh, yeah, it's a whopping twenty-seven degrees Celsius, which is eighty-one Fahrenheit. So you're feeling. For me, that's warm. I know for you, that's probably like sweater weather. That's but... the temperature it was today. It was it's uh, it was eighty-three. Wow, so not that different. <laughs> no, no, you have the same temperature that we do. Although you probably have much less humidity. So. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think our humidity our humidity was forty-six percent. Which I wow, guess is low. Is like five five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, uh, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls, though. Although I didn't know everyone loves when we talk about the weather. Um, I saw on Reddit somebody posted something like, "You you come for the Gilmore Girls talk, but you stay because they occasionally talk about the weather." I was like, yeah. I think it's part of our charm, you know, part of our personality. It's, it's so. like a small town podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're the Stars Hollow cast. Um, yep. Yeah. We're here to talk about uh, the 20th episode of season two, which is uh, Help Wanted. And uh, yeah, this is a episode that uh, largely is dedicated to Lorelai helping Richard out. But also there's a few reveals, you know, the few people find out what happened with Jess and the car accident and all that and uh yeah it's uh it's an interesting episode um but uh yeah let's uh let's dive in here uh the plot basically it's a relatively simple plot this episode but Richard opens a brand new office uh and uh he needs to hire a secretary but he finds out that he can't hire the old secretary because he won't match her current wage, which I thought was very Richard of her, of him to not match his old uh, secretary's salary. You know, and he, then complain why she wouldn't leave, even though he didn't match her salary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is funny. Cause I think, yeah, he doesn't quite think of things that way, but yeah, it was kind of funny that I'm like, Oh, I, I can kind of see why he, she didn't leave you. Or leave the right. other firm for you, but uh, but I don't. Th- I think to him, loyalty is loyalty. Yeah. Even if you get a worse gig, but I don't think he's living in that reality of people. You know, sometimes people live paycheck to paycheck. You know. Well, so. And he even said that there was uh, that you know the police was still starting off and he couldn't. So maybe he could have afforded it eventually. It would have been interesting if maybe he had done something like said, hey, I can't match your salary now, but like maybe that's something we can aim to, you know, match within like three months or something like that. So, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it leads to. He, he was done with it. Hmm? Uh, it leads to uh, Lorelai offering to help with um, their, uh, with the new office. And uh, it was interesting because it seemed like Richard was kind of getting, I saw a little bit of like a codependent relationship between Lorelai and Richard in this episode. Mm. I felt like. So tell me about that. It just. Because he had a secretary. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, because he didn't, well, he really seemed kind of 
it seemed like he was having a hard time letting Lorelai go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it seemed like he was relying on her too much for her support and all that. Uh, and he didn't seem really that wanting to let her go. Even when she did say, like, I have a job to get back to. I have things that I need to do. He seemed a little, Well, he got like, upset with her. Yeah. So, it, it, it seemed a little codependent. I mean, you're the expert. What, what do you think? Do you think that was... I think that, I think that um, when you find a good administrative assistant, I think especially being somebody with ADHD... Um, they're worth their weight in gold. So I could see where he may not have done stuff on his own before. Mm. And you saw how well he and Lorelai were like, he's talking on the phone and she just pulls the binder of all the stuff. You know I mean? Yeah. I really like that. Cause that's, that's when you're in sync, you're able to do that stuff. So it might mm-hmm. be that he really did feel lost. Um, but I think that by the same token, I think he also, you know, she had told him, here's the people you can interview. And he seemed resistant to doing that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that maybe it's because you know he's got a certain skill set and that doesn't um, cross over into doing administrative tasks. So mm-hmm. I think he had a moment of panic. Um, yeah. So that I'd say that, but but eventually you know he hires the the person he was interviewing, right? So. And it's funny because he only really seemed to maybe uh, hire her based on the recommendation of Lorelai. Because Lorelai said, right. oh, she's a good fit. So He was almost being rude in the interview, or maybe he was being rude, where he wasn't even really acknowledging her existence. It's almost like he was looking for reasons to not hire people. So yeah. So Lorelai would have to stay. And that's an interesting kind of thing to watch, too, is that you know here they haven't talked for... I mean, I think sometimes I forget they haven't talked for, like, 16 years, right? Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden, like, she's helping him in his office, and he gets really attached to her helping him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's interesting to see them go from no relationships now all of a sudden he's like no you can't leave me yeah it it felt a little unhealthy I don't know if it was gaslighting yeah. per se I don't I think it was definitely it wasn't that far but like it definitely felt like he was being a little a little codependent on her mm-hmm. uh, to the degree that well and and Laura like called him out on that too with the old secretary oh go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he, you know, I think in his mind, like, things are working well, you know, so why not, right? But, yeah, uh, yeah. Right, well, she wondered, does that expand in other areas of his life, too? Mm-hmm. So. Where he kind of feels like he's owed something. I mean, there, there certainly felt like with Margie, this little secretary, that there was a... Uh, like he was really shocked that she wasn't gonna jump ship. Mm-hmm. And I think he's. I think there's a a real theme of loyalty with the grandparents. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think you're right though that like for Richard, loyalty is everything, and I think you know, he is starting to get a little bit of that with Lorelai. He felt like a little bit of that with her. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, along that story, you also get this little subplot of, uh, Rory basically having everybody think that Jess was totally at fault for why the car crashed and not thinking that Rory could have had any fault in it at all. It got to the point where she even got pretty annoyed by it, thinking that, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, I was thinking just crashed the car, so I mean, technically, yeah, it is kind of his fault, but, you know, 
I don't know. Now she, that gets into codependency, where yeah. she's trying to put the blame on her when I mean she said an animal ran out on the road, right? So mm -hmm. it really wasn't anybody's fault if that's the actual story. But there's some codependent behavior where she's you know basically trying to get people to blame her instead, um, when it really wasn't anybody's fault. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Jess as a character, but the behavior that starts with Rory, um, which we see in later episodes, is that she hurts herself to get close to him. Mm-hmm. Or to defend him. Yeah. She or makes excuses for the behavior. Yeah. And I think the fact is, is like, she, I think, knows Jess as being a certain type of person where everyone else kind of knows Jess as being this like troublemaker. And yeah. I think she has a hard time realizing that the per the, the Jess that she sees and the Jess that the other people see are still the same person. You know, the, the issues that he causes for people are still issues. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he's not a nice person to Rory it just means that he's also still somebody who has issues that he's working through as well. So, I don't know, just thought it was interesting that uh, he seemingly was, uh, you know, defended by her. But, you know, I don't think the townspeople were necessarily wrong either. Like, or even uh, no, Emily later on. Both things. People can have different interactions with the same person. Mm-hmm. So. so yeah, I mean, and and but her taking responsibility for his behavior seemed pretty unhealthy. Yeah. So he wasn't actually in this episode, was he, Jess? No, we didn't see him. I, no. I was wondering what what Mila Ventimiglia was doing around this time. Like, did he get another gig for like a short period of time, or what? The I'm just curious. Like, what was he filming at the time? No, you know, I. I'm like, assuming Richard was doing other stuff when he was on the show. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, with with Jess, it's just you know they they wrote him as moving away for a bit, so I guess that was probably why, you know, they wanted to at least you know make it like yeah he, uh, you know, isn't quite, uh, you know, maybe in a place where he's ready to talk to Rory yet either. So I don't know. Right. I, I I didn't notice it too much that he wasn't in it. Like I guess it kind of made sense to me that like. Yeah, he's moved away, and he probably is giving Rory some space after what happened. So, I don't know. It made sense yeah, I, to me. It was very obvious he wasn't there. Probably mm. um, because he's such a good actor. He is. Uh, yeah, I missed I missed him being in the show, because I think he adds that tension to it. Yeah. That he is really well written. Yeah. And then you've got you know, Rory's the good girl, quote unquote. And then you start seeing her change and her question, you know, what she believes in and her behavior, which results in, you know, Lorelai and Rory yelling at each other um, in outside of Richard's office. And it, Rory and you see Lorelai kick into um, you know, that mode of, you know, we, we see her kind of say, oh, well, Rory's my best friend. Well, she starts getting pretty tough about Jess. Yeah. And basically says, you know, I'm not going to like him. And that's all there is to that you know so we do see a side of of lorelei that sometimes we see other times but i think one of the first times that she's said to rory you know i'm not agreeing with you and that's that's final yeah yeah like she says and, we're never going to agree on this which 
right. you know, I, I think it's still nice that, like, they can still have a relationship even though there are things that they don't agree on. Because there's, there's always things with people that, like, we just won't agree on. But I think you can still have a relatively healthy relationship with somebody even if you don't agree with them on something, so... And I don't know if you have this experience when you're watching shows, but when they're yelling and I know people can hear them, I get like cringe, mm. cringe feeling. <laughs> yeah. Like people can hear you outside. That's just rude, you know? So, but I, I don't, and then they acknowledge it. Right. So yeah. I mean, a lot of shows, they don't acknowledge it, but they're like, oh yeah. You know, she's like, yeah, I need to go back in and, you know, for whatever quip she said about, you know, basically mm-hmm. you know, owning up to the fact that, you know, they were yelling in the hallway. Um, yeah. So you're starting to see a little bit of their relationship get challenged, which, you know, for a 16 year old, that happens. Yeah. And so it's pretty true to life that you're going to have a 16 year old that does stuff that's kind of challenging and out of the norm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, all things considered, you know, uh, being that Vuri is a teenager, they don't fight as much as, like, I think other teenagers' parents would. So. And like, I think they look at it as, well, so close in age and everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Neither is it that, you know, parents that, that had kids when they were older, um, mm. it doesn't necessarily mean that they're distant. They can be very similar to Lorelai. So um, so I just thought that's, that's interesting because they kind of play on that. But, yeah. you know, I don't think they do it too much because they could have no. really run with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this episode, too, like... You know, yeah, uh, you know, Lorelai and Rory disagree about Jess, but again, they it doesn't hold them back from their relationship. It's just something that Lorelai acknowledges, like, hey, we're gonna, we're not agreeing on this, but that's that's okay too at the same time. So, right. and a healthy relationship isn't absence of conflict. It's yes. being able to disagree and be able to talk through it. Mm-hmm. Um. We also have Lane, who uh, discovers that she wants to be a drummer, and uh, Carol King making an appearance. Yeah, who uh, wrote and performed the uh, the songs, uh, the song that plays in the title sequence of the show. So, yeah. amongst many other uh, songs that she's written. So, yeah. look up her um, her songwriting credits. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I just thought it was really cool that like she writes the and performs the music on the show and then mm-hmm. she also plays like a music shop owner in this so it just makes and she sense she did a pretty good job for someone that's not an actress she did a really good job i thought yeah for sure uh yeah uh eventually emily yeah finds out that yeah they uh, rory broke her arm and yeah leads, leads to probably the most conflict in this episode but it's also emily so i guess not that surprised right. that there's some conflict with emily but uh but it makes sense why you wouldn't tell her either like i saw where lorelei was coming from even though you know it's going to cause you issues yeah but you know someone with, someone with that much control over things doesn't like being left out no and it's her yeah. granddaughter so yeah yeah for sure i think she definitely didn't like the fact that she was left out of the loop on that so right yeah um okay uh let's see here bring up the notes okay we have a favorite performance and least favorite in this episode i just lumped them together now since oh okay um i wasn't really into lorelei this episode 
Mm. No, actually, I wasn't. I wasn't a Lorelai or Rory. Um, I did like Richard because I'm just biased towards Richard. Yeah, I think that when he's on the phone and then calling for the different binders or something about that, that's so true to life. Mm -hmm. that I really liked, and just seeing him in action too. And then I guess also my favorite is Lane too. Just to, um, it's always fun to see someone find their passion in life. Yeah, I think and that she was willing to do whatever. <laughs> Well, I think, honestly, like, this is the most we've gotten Lane in terms of character mm -hmm. development, aside from her just being yeah. repressed mom's daughter kind of deal, right? Like, right. she, well, I guess she had, like, the boyfriends or whatever, or the guys she, she was this into, but, like, but, like, mm -hmm. this was her being, like, this is something I'm passionate about. This is something that, right. you know, that, that uh, I believe in. So, yeah, no, that was great. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so your your favorite was Lane. I think Lane, and then and then also Richard. Okay, who's your Just least that, favorite? That kind of that kind of quiet desperation. Yeah. Um, don't. So yeah, and the least favorite is probably Lorelai and Rory. Oh, you you didn't like. Uh... There's not bad. I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't feeling it. So. Okay, that's totally fair. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think like. Definitely for best performance. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, I actually, funny enough, well, we didn't talk about this in the recap, but it only ha it happens very quickly. But, like, I really liked uh, Luke in this episode, even though, like, his part is really brief. If anything, because, like, Rory was so used to people attacking Jess and, you know, questioning why she's hanging out with him. To then just have someone like Luke who was just like, yeah, like, I, I get it. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put you down for it. I'm not gonna question you on. Yeah, that it. was neat. Yeah. Even though he and Lorelai are having issues. Yeah. yeah. No, I just thought that like, how he, he delivered that performance wise was great. Like, it was almost well, refreshing yeah. compared to everyone else in this episode. Well, I think that shows his integrity too. Is that you know just because Jess did some some questionable things not not including the car accident doesn't mean that he's necessarily a bad person Mm-hmm. and then least favorite performance oh my gosh uh <laughs> dean like, again the... <laughs> i don't even remember dean in this episode <laughs> what was what was dean actually what was he even doing in this episode uh well essentially he was he got mad about the car being wrecked and like Rory gave him the letter oh, yeah. and he's just like fuming. He looked like he was ready to like attack her or something. Like I was like really the uncomfortable. Yeah. And then he's but like, then you want to, okay. he's like, you want to come in for yeah, a roast? I'm like, what? Yeah. I was like, roast. I, I was wondering why roast. <laughs> yeah. Was this signify like a homey atmosphere or something? Maybe that's but, like, yeah. He was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. that's what his family does after they fight. They just have roast. It just felt really weird. And, like, I think it could have been... I think, again, if I were to rewrite Dean, at least in this part of the show, I would have him be, like, really nice and kind of Rory, but be, like, kind of two-faced when it comes to everybody else. I think that would be more interesting. Whereas with this, he's just, like... He's just aggressive and mean yeah. and, like, controlling and... I don't know. I just have a lot of issues with how he's written in the show. Well, right. Yeah. And how he's portrayed as this great, healthy person. 
Mm -hmm. uh, when he's got some real control issues. Yeah, he really does. There's a romanticizing of, of abusive behavior that I'm really not okay with. Yeah. On the show. So, I don't know. Just that scene was really... It was just... I don't know. It wasn't that great. No. And really, could you picture Dean, with all the stuff they said about his character, just being like, oh, okay. You know? Sure. Mm -hmm. We can work through this. I mean, it, it seemed kind of out of character for him. Yeah. It'd just be like, meh. Mm-hmm. What was the final thing that he was like, kind of went over to being okay with it? What what happened when he read the letter and what was the defining thing that he was okay with it? I don't think yeah. he was. I think he just like was angry and then he just stopped and he's like, let's have roast. Like, I don't think there was anything in the letter or Rory's like explanation that really was like, hey, right. like this is calming me down. It was just this weird, like him being angry for like a good solid minute and then just being like, hmm. Okay, I'm fine now. I don't know if it was like a desperation to, uh, to hang on to her. So I, you know, I, I think I realized watching is like he, he's got a desperation to him, and Richard's got a desperation to him. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, like he knows from talking to Lorelai that something might be going on, even though she didn't confirm it that something's going on with Jess. So it's almost kind of like he's just kind of resigned to it, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going to be I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, oh, writer for this episode, we should say too. Uh, it was written Daniel by Jordan. Alan Heinberg. Oh. Yeah. Who... Oh yeah, we didn't see a lot of tasteless jokes, so it's not written by Valdine. So it was not Daniel Valdine. Although it's interesting because, um, yeah, he uh, Alan Heinberg he. Uh, he was a consulting producer, so he came in and just kind of like helped a little bit. But uh, yeah, he, he really just kind of came in for a little bit and helped him out. But like he has a history with a lot of uh, series like The O.C., Sex and the City, Grey's Anatomy. Um, and funny enough, he writes for Marvel and DC Comics. So he's got a little bit of a comic situation. As a, as a... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, like, not as a screenwriter, but as a... The comic writer, yeah. Writer. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I wonder how that informs his script writing. Or if he was doing both at the same time, or he started doing one after the other. I don't know. I'd just be interested in finding out what the... Well, it's interesting that, like, when it comes to, like, comic book stuff, there's so much lore to factor in. And, uh, right. It seemed like this episode he, really understood yeah. the characters. So that's probably something he picked up from doing comics. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Okay. Really good point. Um, favorite uh, reference from this episode. I think when they mentioned Dorothy Parker, um, I can't remember. Who said, I think it was Lorelai or Rory that said it. So we had mentioned Dorothy Parker that it was uh, uh, Mrs. Gilmore in the vicious circle and i thought it was a reference to dorothy parker in the last episode so here they actually mentioned dorothy parker so she was a character so i would recommend people read about her okay so i really like that they brought her up because they bring up references from, from years ago which i really like stuff that probably you don't really picture a mom and daughter at that time to start referencing yeah um but i would think that lorelei would be really tough to beat in trivial pursuit oh totally um, I really liked when they went into that restaurant that wasn't Luke's Diner, and then 
Uh, oh yeah, Michelle. Yeah, and they have those little tiny coffee cups, and Laura says, "How am I gonna fit my three sugars into Barbie's Malibu Dream Cup here?" Which is a reference to uh, there was like a Barbie, the uh, Malibu Barbie Dream House that I yeah. had. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, meaning that the cups were really small, basically, is what, what yeah. the joke alluded that was to. The best. Yeah. So. I'm still happy thinking about the Barbie dream house. Yeah. And she had a Corvette and there was a Malibu Barbie too. It's just one of those weird things that like, I get it. Like the joke is like, Oh, the cup is small, but like, that's such a weird reference to make. Like you think you could definitely like make a, a, a easier joke than that. But I, I was like, okay. For Lorelai, that would be appropriate though, because that's that age range. Yeah. She definitely Actually, probably. So she, she's 32 in 2002. Well, she was 32 in 2000, and the show's now in, like, 2002, so she'd be, like, 34. So how old would she be now? Because I oh. don't math. Um, like, 50? So I'm trying to think of what her age would be compared to... Well, how old was I then? <laughs> well, she's probably, like, she's probably, like, early to mid-50s now. So it was, like, Generation X kind of stuff. So that Malibu Barbie Dreamhouse is right around that time frame. Yeah. Was, I mean, that was a big thing when I was a kid. When I was, like, four or five. Yeah. So, yeah, she probably... That that fits with that person's age. Yeah. Yeah, so Lauren Graham is 54 years old. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, favorite quote. Did you have a favorite quote from the episode? Yeah, the one about, about the codependent relationship with the secretary. Or there's a baby in bathwater one, too, about, hey, there's a baby in need of bathwater. Because Richard's just kind of, like, like going on this whole tangent mm. about Margie not wanting to work for him. But the whole, you know, codependent, like, she called out this codependent relationship. Like, oh, she's mentioning codependence. That's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, um, basically, they couldn't function without each other. But it turns out Margie can function just fine without Richard. And Richard yeah. doesn't like that so much. Hmm. And Emily sees as not being loyal either. Yeah, which is interesting that, like, they see eye to eye on that. Right, because they usually don't see eye to eye on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's that loyalty thing. Yeah. And you know, if, if we go with the assumption that, that Emily's somewhat of a narcissist, you know, they demand loyalty, but don't expect it from them in return. Yeah. Um, my favorite line was from Babette her little brief appearance where she says he's got the eyes the chin chest hair you could carpet your dining room with i like that that was i had a good laugh at she talking about jess yeah i remember okay yeah or no i think she was talking more about like bad boys in general but yeah oh yeah where she was like yeah i understand then she went off on this whole tangent yeah that character's great Mm-hmm. so and she's appropriately over the top too she's not too over the top no, I mean, she's eccentric, but, you know, not in, like... That's part of the charm. Yeah. So. I mean, I really like that they have these characters that are over the top, but these actors know just how to play them, so it's not too much. Mm-hmm. I think there's really an art to that, to not pushing it too far. Yeah, 100%. So. Okay. Um, let's see, behind-the-scenes trivia. We mentioned that Carol King appears in this episode so mm-hmm. you know she uh wrote and performed the theme song for the show and uh, she shows up a few times i know she she shows up again oh yeah so. yeah but uh, really remarkable singing career 
And mm -hmm. if you see that there's a Broadway show, Beautiful, about her career. Mm -hmm. um, pretty remarkable uh, songwriter. Yeah. Um, and I'll add too that she was given the Kennedy Center honors, and she, there's a video of her watching. So she wrote Natural Woman, which mm. most people associate with Aretha Franklin, not her. But there's a video on YouTube where you watch, and there was a GIF going around Reddit recently mm. where she sees Aretha Franklin come out and sing Natural Woman, and just the look of, you know, here's Carol King, who's written like, I don't know how many Grammys she has, but she's written like, you know, hundreds of these of really well known songs. And just her shock and just delight in seeing Aretha Franklin play one of her songs is really neat. It's like one of those moments where you just see like somebody just so happy. Um, you can't help but smile when you watch it. So yeah, so look it up on YouTube. If, you, if you're ever feeling kind of down, watch Carol King see Aretha Franklin sing A Natural Woman. Because just the, the look of happiness is worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then interestingly too... Um... Edward Herman appeared in an episode of MASH and uh, he, oh, Richard, yeah. Richard makes a reference to MASH in this episode, which I thought was great. About the small, the small MASH guy or something like that. Radar. Yeah. So I, I thought it was, it was a nice little reference, but I think it makes, it, it kind of makes it a little more interesting when you find out that, yeah, he actually was. He actually was. Yeah. And think that. about it, the time this came out, you didn't have like a wiki or IMDB or. No. I mean, you would have just had your grandma sitting in the corner being like, he was in MASH. <laughs> like, thanks grandma. <laughs> or your parents in my case. Yes. Or you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that, that was, that was neat little tying in there. Yeah. Uh, any other mental health observations for this episode? Well, I think you had a really good point about Richard becoming so dependent on Lorelai that he had forgotten that this was a temporary gig. Mm -hmm. And you know, eventually he was okay with um, with the secretary hired. She sounded like she was pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, she, Lorelai had to be pretty firm with him. And it looked like that was difficult, especially because, again, they haven't had a relationship in a while. Yeah. So here she is kind of saying no to him after, you know, she left with the baby. Uh, so I could see where she was kind of torn. But also it shows that, you know, the importance of setting boundaries. Well. And that you need to say no. I, I'm going to say, too, I think this, this show kind of, like, it, it makes it interesting because, like, uh, Lorelai, this episode, really shows that she knows how to run a business more so than a lot of other yeah. people. Mm -hmm. And Richard knows this. And then in the next episode, they mention that like it's her her graduation day, and they're like, and Rory says something like, "Oh, you know, she's taking a business class." And they b say something along the lines of, "I think it's been mentioned before." You would think Richard would have been like, "Yeah, I saw her. She was running my business for a bit. She was doing great." But no, just totally forgot about it. <laughs> right, right. Anyways. No, and that's the theme, right? Is that you'll see someone that excels in something and then that's kind of forgotten about, which I understand, you know, script consistency and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just kind of gloss over it. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes kind of make like little remarks about, about how difficult her job is for her, where it looks like she kind of just, you know, she cruises through it. She does a really good job. Yeah. And, and you wonder too, how much of that business acumen came from Richard or just being Richard's kid yeah or even just like wanting to be like him in a lot of ways too you know you can tell that she right. admires him even if you know she can mm -hmm. be sarcastic sometimes so but i think it's out of love and it's that's how she copes with things too is through sarcasm mm -hmm. 
Okay, I think it's time to rate this episode. What would you give this a score of? I think this is one of my lower episodes. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. I just didn't, you know, the whole, I, I thought the whole thing about Rory protecting Jess and just, it just felt icky. And I think that's probably the point of it. Uh, but I thought that was dragged out, drug out, dragged out, dragged out far mm. too long. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they could have cut to the scene with, I know there's part of the build up to the scene with Luke, but I think they could have cut to that earlier. Uh, I like the the part about you know Richard having his own office and their whole interaction, but I think that also went on a little long. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what I would have filled it with instead. Uh, yeah. But I just felt like it it felt like another filler episode, which again isn't always bad. You know, you need to have some filler in there. But um, yeah, I give it a five. Was it was kind of lackluster. What do you think? Yeah, you know what? I'm thinking a five, funny enough, too. I, I think. Really? Yeah, I think this episode really is just moving things into place. You know, a filler right. episode. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, they they try to make it more interesting by giving us some bonding between Richard and Lorelai. Um, but I, but I also. Sorry? But, but to what end? Like, it didn't seem like there was a... I mean, I know it's yeah. character development, bringing them closer, but it was kind of like, why? Well, and then by the end of the episode, I didn't really feel like they grew that much. Like, yeah, he's no. like, I'm no. going to go close the deal with the Swede. And I'm like, okay. Like, he, it seemed like he let... Richard let the whole her wanting to go do her own thing, uh, you know, and, le and go back to doing work. He took that personally. And it's like, I don't know. It just seemed like a weird way to, like, undercut the development they made in this episode. So it kind of just makes the episode feel yeah. kind of pointless. Cause it's like, okay, well yeah, they made progress in the relationship, but did they really, you know what I mean? Like it just, right. yeah. Felt, well, felt a little like real life, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay. Um, yeah. You can find uh, stuff over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is the book and talking brains is the podcast. I'm over at threeingrenerds.com where you can find me putting up content almost every day. And uh, yeah, until next time where we're going to talk about Lorelai's graduation day. Bye for now. Bye.